Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Whole Body Wellness Podcast. My name is Jill. I'm a registered nurse, integrative nutrition health coach, whole body health expert, and owner of Whole Body RN. This podcast was born because I know that health is wealth, but I also know most of us have no idea what we are doing. Every body system we have is connected, and if one is off, then the whole system is off. In this podcast, we will talk about all the things from body systems to blood pressure, meditation, breath work, medication, lifestyle changes, diets, cravings, you name it. We will dive into it all so that you are armed with the information you need to have whole body wellness. This is the Whole Body Wellness Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not meant to be medical advice. Consult your medical doctor if you are seeking medical diagnosis or treatment. The Whole Body Wellness Podcast is not liable for risks or issues associated with using or acting upon the information provided in this episode. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to discuss something that is so important for your health, super, uber, ultra important. Being deficient in this can be linked to many chronic health problems, including heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity, and depression. The CDC reports that one out of every three adults does not get enough of this. Have you guessed what it is yet? It's sleep. None of us are sleeping and it shows. Sleep is one of the things that I talk a lot about in my practice and it's something that most people are lacking and it's really bizarre to me because we have so many things on the market and people still aren't sleeping. And it's because we don't really know or understand the function of our sleep so that we can know and understand how we need to behave in order to get sleep. So let's have a little educational moment. There are four stages of sleep. Stage one is a stage that lasts about one to seven minutes. Your body is really starting to relax and your brain activity starts to slow. This is like the jerky part of sleep. It happens between stages one and two. You know, when you're sleeping next to someone and all of a sudden they jerk and scare the crap out of you. That's this part. (laughs) You're easy to wake up. But if uninterrupted, you move really quickly into stage two. And stage two lasts for about 10 to 25 minutes. Your body enters a more relaxed state. Your body temperature starts to drop. Your muscles relax. Your breathing and your heart rate slows. Brain activity slows way down during the stage with just little bursts of activity here and there. Then stage three lasts for about 20 to 40 minutes. This stage is considered deep sleep, and we spend the most time here during the first half of the night. You're really hard to wake up during this phase. Your muscles, your heart rate, and your breathing all continue to relax deeper and deeper. This stage is where the most repair is done, which makes this a super critical stage. So why so critical? Restorative sleep. Restorative sleep allows your body to recover, grow, and boost your immune system. 
even though brain activity is reduced during this stage, there's evidence that deep sleep contributes to insightful thinking, creativity, and memory. Then we move on to stage four, and many of us know this. It's considered REM sleep. This sleep lasts for about 10 to 60 minutes. Brain activity starts to pick back up, and at the same time, your body experiences temporary paralysis of the muscles, with two exceptions, the eyes and the muscles that control your breathing. Even though the eyes are closed, they can be seen moving quickly around, which is how it got its its name for rapid eye movement. That's what REM stands for, is rapid eye movement. So REM is essential for memory. It's essential for learning, and it's essential for creativity. You have the most vivid dreams in this stage. Normally, you don't enter REM until you've been asleep for about 90 minutes, though. As the night goes on, REM gets longer, especially in the second half of the night. So these stages are super important because they allow our bodies and our brain to recuperate and repair and rest, which is really what we need. We need rest. And not getting enough deep sleep and REM can basically make a total mess of our thinking, our emotions, and our physical health. Up next for our educational moment is the role of the circadian rhythm and sleep. So I'm sure we've all heard about the circadian rhythm. This is our 24-hour cycle that is basically our body's internal clock. And it carries out all kinds of essential functions for the body. The most important one being the sleep-wake cycle. So this internal clock is directly influenced by environmental cues, the biggest of those being light, which is why the circadian rhythm is tied to the cycle of day and night. So when this is properly aligned, you know, when all the stars are aligned and everything is going well, the circadian rhythm can promote consistent and restorative sleep. But when this is thrown off, it can create significant sleep problems like insomnia. And research is also revealing that the circadian rhythms directly correlate to physical and mental health, which totally makes sense based on what I said earlier. If we're not sleeping, our brains are not operating at their highest power, right? So when people talk about circadian rhythm, usually they're talking about it in the context of sleep because of the sleep-wake cycle. It's That's the thing we hear most about. So during the day... The light exposure causes our internal clock to send signals that generate alertness and keep us awake and active for the day. And as night falls, the internal clock initiates the production of melatonin, and that is our hormone that promotes sleep, and then keeps transmitting signals that help us stay asleep through the night. Now, to get a little woo-woo hippie with you, because that's what you're getting here with me, <laughs> Um. I often recommend for people to go out first thing in the morning with their lemon water or their coffee and to just get the fresh morning sun on their face. Just stand there for just a few minutes to help signal your internal clock that we're, we're ready to be awake, we're ready for the day. And the same thing at night when the sun is setting and you know, especially if you live here in Arizona, we get those beautiful, beautiful sunsets here. 
and just stand there. You can stand there with your water. You can stand there with your wine, whatever you're doing, just to get that sun on your face as well to help your internal clock initiate that production of melatonin. So sleep plays a huge, huge role in our overall health and well-being. We need to rest. Our bodies need to repair and restore themselves. We need to be able to heal what needs to be healed and recover from the day's mental exertion. Being a human on this planet is really tough and our brains are going a mile a minute. We're always constantly overstimulated. We need a rest not only for our bodies and our mental well-being, but also for our hormones. Sleep is closely tied to hormonal regulation, and proper sleep supports our hormones involved with our appetite, our metabolism, our growth, our stress management. So sleep is super, super important. So now that you know all about what sleep is and how important it is, I'm just going to touch on a few common sleep disorders and their symptoms. Why, you might ask? Well, I find that people do not go to the doctor for sleep issues. Um, They try to get over it. They try to self-medicate. They try over the counter. And I just want you to know that it is a real, real thing that's affecting your whole body health. So the first one is insomnia. Uh, we've, I know we've all heard this, but it's characterized by difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or you're experiencing non-restorative sleep, even though you have the opportunity to sleep. Symptoms include trouble initiating sleep, waking up frequently during the night, waking up too early in the morning, daytime fatigue, irritability, and difficulty concentrating. The next one is sleep apnea which I know we've all also heard. Sleep apnea is a condition where breathing repeatedly stops and starts during sleep. Common symptoms include loud snoring, gasping or choking sounds during sleep, excessive daytime sleepiness, morning headaches, irritability, and difficulty staying asleep. Lots of men and women have sleep apnea that has gone undiagnosed and untreated. Please go to the doctor if you or your loved one is experiencing this. Sleep apnea can be very scary. Narcolepsy, not really as common of a thing that we see, but it's obviously out there. It's actually a neurological disorder that affects the brain's ability to regulate the sleep-wake cycle. So those symptoms include excessive daytime sleepiness, sudden loss of muscle tone, sleep paralysis, vivid hallucinations while falling asleep or waking up, and fragmented nighttime sleep. Restless leg syndrome is also considered something to do with sleep. Um, It's basically an urge to move your legs, like an irresistible urge to move your legs, and it's often accompanied by uncomfortable sensations like tingling or itching or aching of your limbs. So symptoms tend to worse during periods of inactivity, particularly at night, leading to sleep disruption. This next one is super, I have never actually heard of it until I did research for this show, but it's REM sleep behavior disorder or RBD. And it involves acting out vivid dreams during REM sleep. So it's often through complex and potentially dangerous behaviors. So people with RBD may physically move, kick, shout, or even engage in violent actions while asleep. This can lead to sleep disruption and potential injury to oneself or a sleep partner. 
And last but certainly not least is shift work disorder, which is pretty popular in my line of work. Shift work disorder develops in some people whose jobs require them to work late at night or overnight or really, really early in the morning. Sleeping during the day and working at night can cause misalignment between a person's daily schedule and the circadian rhythms that guide our body to feel alert or sleepy in response to light or dark. Remember that sleep-wake cycle. So people with this condition can often feel excessively tired at work and struggle to get enough sleep during their allotted daytime rest period. So these are just a few examples of the common disorders. Some symptoms and severity may differ in the individual, of course. And if you suspect you or someone that you know has a sleep disorder, you should talk with a healthcare professional or, or a sleep specialist for a proper diagnosis and treatment, really and truly. This is a, these are real things and real causes for concern. So do not be ashamed to go see your doctor and tell them, hey, I can't sleep. Can we figure this out? So now that you know all about the sleep cycle and you know all about the common sleep disorders, how can we start to get better sleep? So I'm going to give you some tools that I use in my practice. And like anything else, take what's for you and leave the rest. The first thing you can do is start a sleep diary. This is where you keep track of the sleep times, what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, total hours that you slept, did you wake up in the middle of the night, and if you did, for how long, Um, did you take any daytime naps? You can also notate how you feel upon waking up. Do you feel refreshed? Do you feel tired? And how do you feel at different times of the day? This will help you track your personal sleep patterns so you can see where your issues are and work from there. The next thing is a sleep vacation. So pick a time when you are really flexible for about a week and you're going to pick a consistent bedtime and do not use an alarm clock to wake up. I know it just stay with me. Chances are that for the first few days, you will sleep longer because you'll be paying off your sleep debt, right, of all the sleep deprivation that you've accumulated over the course of time. And continue going to bed at the same time every night and allow your body to naturally wake up. And eventually, this will become a pattern of sleeping. And you're basically going to get the same amount of time each night and it's probably going to range between the seven and the nine hour time frame. I know this sounds kind of kooky because who has a week to do this? I mean I don't even have a week to do this but if you do have a week to do this do a sleep vacation. The other thing is make sleep a priority. Now that you know what you need in the way of the different stages of sleep and you have your diary, and maybe you've done your sleep vacation, you know what you need to get good quality sleep. And you have to make it a priority. So let's talk about our sleep environment and how we can optimize our sleep environment to get our best quality of sleep. So the first thing is clean out the clutter. A cluttered space is a cluttered mind. I'm not sure who said that, but it's 100% accurate. If you are going into bed at night and there's a bunch of junk kind of lying all over your sleep environment, it's going to stress you out, whether you know it or not. The other thing that you can do at the start of your day is simply make your bed. 
this is kind of one of those double dips because you've already made your bed and you've already accomplished something that day. And coming in at the end of the night to a bed that's freshly made is calming. Next, let's talk about mattresses, pillows, and bedding. I know that mattresses can be pretty expensive, but if you haven't replaced yours in, let's say, the last decade, it might be time to invest in a new one. The same thing with pillows. Don't be sleeping on 20-year-old pillows, people. Go ahead. Get yourself some new pillows. The other thing that just can help just for the sake of helping is some brand new bedding. No one will be upset going to bed in beautiful new bedding. That is for sure. That may just be a mental thing, but hey, go with it. The other thing that is super helpful is controlling the light, the noise, and the temperature. So you may want to consider investing in some super thick curtains to keep the light out because even though it's dark, there's all that ambient light from outside. You could also use an eye mask or a pillow or a stuffed animal, anything to cover your eyes. To minimize distractions from outside noise, which is also a big one for people, is you can use a fan or a white noise machine. You may even want to roll up a blanket or a towel and put it at the base of your door to block the light and also the sound. Another technique you can use is establishing a bedtime routine. I am a big proponent of routines. I think they just make the world go round and that much easier. So this would look like developing a consistent sleep and wake up time, using relaxation techniques to wind down. And what this could look like is maybe a little evening time yoga, some sleepy time tea, maybe some music instead of the television on. You can either try some breathing techniques. You can incorporate mindfulness and meditation practices. There are lots of sleep meditations out there on YouTube that you could use. All of this can be combined into a super powerful bedtime routine just to get you nice and cozy and sleepy before you hit the hay. So the other thing, too, is to manage stress and anxiety. And I know lots of people say that, and we just like say that as healthcare people. Manage your stress and anxiety. How? (laughs) How shall we do that? I understand. So if you've gotten this far, you understand the impact of stress on sleep. Stress, hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, all of that is not good when we're talking about sleep. Stress reduction techniques before bedtime, we talked about yoga, doing some tea, meditation, some music, some breathing exercises. And you can also do some cognitive behavioral strategies for managing anxious thoughts. We all have them. We all have those anxious thoughts. Again, it's hard to human out here in the world. So one of the things that you could do is accept that the distressing thoughts occur, but do not let them control your response. So basically let them pass through and wave to them as you're thinking of something else. I know that these thoughts can really be distressing, particularly at night and particularly after we've done all of our routine and our yoga and our breathing and we're, we're very zen in our lovely comfy bed. And I know it can be distressing. So this technique, accept the distressing thought, know that they occur but do not let it control your response or your zen. Just watch it pass like a car driving by. The next thing I want to talk about is nutrition and sleep. Our diet is directly related to our quality of sleep. So 
what and when we eat affects our body's natural ability to obviously energize and to rest. So one of the things is to try and consume your largest meal in the middle of the day and a lighter dinner at night um, to take full advantage of your body's natural nighttime repair process. Remember that sleep-wake cycle. There are also foods that help promote better sleep. Um, Studies have shown that kiwis, people who ate two kiwis one hour before bedtime, uh, fell asleep faster, they slept more, and had better sleep quality. Uh, Tart cherries or cherry juice, tart cherry juice. In one study, people who drank two one-cup servings of tart cherry juice per day were found to have more total sleep time and higher sleep efficiency. So these benefits may come from the fact that the tart cherries, and they have to be the tart cherries, have been found to have above average concentrations of melatonin, which again is that hormone that helps us sleep. So tart cherries may also have an antioxidant effect that is conducive to sleep. So tart cherries for the win. The other thing is fatty fish. So um, a study found that over a period of months that people who ate salmon three times per week had better overall sleep as well as improved daytime functioning. And salmon is super good for 100 million other things in your body as well. Nuts also. Nuts contain melatonin as well as minerals like magnesium and zinc that are essential to a range of bodily processes. So those are all lovely little foods that help you sleep. So the other thing is healthy habits just in general optimize our sleep. So eating a variety of foods, limiting sugar, and limiting caffeine intake, obviously at night. You can also experiment with the light evening meals and the crowding out late night snacking Um, crowding out is a term that basically just means you fill it up with other things. So you can do some yoga, you can do some journaling, you can do some reading, you can have sex. Uh, Digestion requires energy. So the reason for the no big meal at the end of the night is because when you have a large meal, it interferes with your body's ability to rest because your tummy is too busy wanting to digest the food. Um, The other thing is avoid late night beverages because nobody wants a potty break in the middle of the night. Lastly is technology and sleep. The effects of our screens and the blue light on our sleep are horrendous. (laughs) Artificial blue light can affect your body's production of melatonin and in turn your quality and quantity of sleep. So trying to create a technology-free bedtime routine is super important. Um, Again, there are lots of other things that you can do to crowd out, right? You can do some yoga. You can do some journaling. You can do some reading. You can have sex. All of these things are wonderful things to crowd out your phone time. Now, if you are a person that just needs to do the scroll before bed, I would recommend setting a timer for 10 minutes and scrolling through your TikTok or your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever it is you're doing. And after that 10 minutes, get up, go do your bedtime things. Wash your face, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, get changed, whatever it is you do, and then come back into bed 
and not use the technology. Well, friends, if you've hung in here this long, you have received a mountain of an educational moment, and I appreciate you for sticking around, and I hope that you found this valuable. I hope that you found some tips and some tricks that you can implement into your sleep routine, and remember, everything that I do is just information for you. So you are to take what is for you and to leave the rest for another day, another moment, another person. Don't feel like you have to do all or nothing. Implement everything. Try one thing. Then try another if that thing doesn't work. It is never an all or nothing endeavor. Until next time, be well.